1: Hello? Hey, Lyle. How's it going, man?
2: Uh, What's up? Is this Max?
1: This is. This is.
2: What is happening with you?
1: Well, when I first dialed in, I was down $30,000 on the day. I'm a bit of a cryptocurrency trader and or degenerate gambler, you could call me. And um, I'm now only down 10000 on the day. So since I've been on hold for an hour, I've gotten $20,000 of today's losses back.
2: All right. So to kind of, I'm not 100% sure what you just said, but lifetime, Are you? where are we at?
1: In, in casino gambling, I'm down millions of dollars. Uh, with, with cryptocurrency and investing, I'm up a, a good amount. What's a good amount? Two to three million in the last year. Before that, maybe half that.
2: All right. So you're Only currently 30. sitting on. Or it's a lifetime. All right. So you're currently sitting on like $2 million. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have about two to three million. It's in cryptocurrency, but I, I, I day trade and sometimes in a week or two, I can swing six figures easily, maybe more.
2: The day trading doesn't make sense to me because don't you have to pay like every time you sell off? Don't you have to pay taxes?
1: No, you don't with crypto well, with cryptocurrency, that it's kind of like a uncharted waters and a bit of a gray area. You can use you can trade into these as other assets that represent you know the US dollar but that are not actual US dollars. They're called stable coins.
2: Gambling is an interesting addiction to me. I'm excited to talk to you. I right, see so we're doing um you were doing the casino.
1: I've been gambling. I've been gambling forever. I'm 34 years old. When I mm-hmm. was 15 years old, I bought a blackjack table from a friend's older brother and I was dealing that like in the movie Boiler Room. Remember that actor? I forget his name, but I was dealing yeah. out of my house in high school making a few hundred dollars every week from friends.
2: And how long? You said you're a professional at this, so you don't have it. So you don't have, you don't have any other job?
1: No, no other job.
2: How long have you not had any other job?
1: I worked jobs on and off for short periods of time in my twenties, but when I kind of got a taste for, for big wins, it, it kind it, it's kind of ruins the way I uh, I valued you know a dollar. But it it can disgust some people the way I look at money kind of look at money just as units seeking to acquire more of these units so totally disconnected emotionally from the value of a dollar to most people
2: interesting okay so with that being said that you look at money as units and you're totally disconnected to the value of a dollar tell me what do you do with money do you spend any money
1: i do i do i, I have a girlfriend who i live with and, I, you know, I treat her to things and, and we go on trips and it's it's nice. One of the benefits of this lifestyle is, is being totally free time-wise to do whatever I want. But it can also be like my, you know, a double-edged sword. And I can get so involved in these markets that I, I forget to enjoy life, even though I have the freedom to go do whatever I want, if that makes mm, any sense.
2: No, that makes total sense, right? Because you're... I mean, would you, like, you know, I want to hear from you and not necessarily me putting words in your mouth, but would you consider yourself uh, like a gambling addict?
1: Yeah, I would consider myself a savage, savage addict in general. But but but, and I, I used to use drugs, but I'm 34 now. I haven't in, in, in about half a decade. Uh, whatever I find stimuli, I, I become addicted to it. But that, that's been as way far back as I can remember since I was, you know, under 10 years old.
2: Right. See, it's interesting to it, me it, because it, you. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm just saying my 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 addict, whatever stimuli or or phase that I go through, although gambling is, is now two two plus decades, different forms of gambling for two plus decades. There's always I'm always I'm just an addict. Like, you know, I'm always searching for the next stimuli.
2: It's interesting to me because, uh, you know, you have, you know, millions of dollars which frees you from the chains of like a nine to five job, which, you know, a lot of people need to be able to pay for uh fucking eating food and drinking water and living, but you are still chained to the markets. So even though you have freedom in some areas, you're debilitated by a, a, a mental hold in other areas, which is, is an interesting particular. No,
1: absolutely. In. I'll give you an example. A- and my priorities and like, my- are so out of whack here's an example like if i have to go do something for someone else or for myself or travel somewhere or i'm chronically tardy and i have no concept of time and other people think that i'm either lazy or don't care and maybe they're right but for example if i if i have like trades in and overnight trades, crypto, currency trades 24 hours a day, right? The, the market never stops for crypto. I will literally, I'm, I'm biologically programmed with an alarm system to wake up several points throughout each night. Like as in wake up at 3 a.m., check on yeah. these four positions, adjust, adjust yeah. if needed, wake back up at 5 a.m. But if I need to get up for like a job or to do something that's quote unquote responsible or, or non-related to, to these addiction, you know, the, this Lifestyle, or, or profession, or addiction—whichever one you want to call it—then I, I, you know, I have no care, and and can't wake up, and will sleep through alarms, and yeah, my priorities are all out of whack. And you say
2: it's been like this for years, like since you were 15, for
1: as long as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, I see an addict. I see, an addic- I, I see an, twice a week. I have like a one-hour Facetime with a with a renowned like addiction specialist therapist. Uh, uh, based out of New York City. We do it on FaceTime since COVID, but he, he I mean, he helps me in ways, but I, I feel like I'm unhelpable in many ways. It's just like learning. It's the nature of my beast, if that makes sense.
2: So tell me about these FaceTime sessions you have with this guy. What, what kinds of things does he tell you?
1: We we end up talking about the markets for about half of every session or longer. That, that's mm-hmm. usually an inevitable outcome of, of almost every session, but I mean, we try to focus on on reminding me to stay grounded with, with things like physical exercise, um, focusing, you know, time and energy and attention on my girlfriend who who I neglect sometimes because of you know my profession.
2: And. Have you told this guy that you FaceTime with, have you told him, uh, you know, your position about how you, you feel unhelpable? And if you have, what does he say in response to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he, he commends me on, on the progress that I've made. But sometimes I think he's giving me too much of the, the cup half full you know i i guess my i'm 34 now my 20s were a little bit more chaotic you know like in and out of casino i have crazy stories about like living in las vegas for 2 years comped like 300 out of 365 days in las vegas casinos and crazy stories of just delivering living life in in a fast lane that, that uh, sometimes outsiders think it seems like it would be fun to live like that but i promise you it's not so i think he he kind of commends me for all right, now I have my office and my house with my girlfriend, and I've evolved to some extent. So it's not like I'm running around the world in and out of casinos like I used to when I played poker for a living and and did other things.
2: Well, that makes sense to me that he would commend you for that because, uh, I mean, you were at this point that you're describing that's very bad, uh, and you're 34 now. I don't know how many years ago this was. But you are on a, if you if you take that time and you take this time, you are on a upward trajectory toward, uh, I, I guess you could call it a healing or, or, or toward being in a less fucked up, crazy state. So it makes sense that you're on the upward yeah, trajectory. Yeah. You know. and,
1: and back then I would mix in hardcore drugs, P.S. I would mix in hardcore drugs to my lifestyle and existence back then, which has been at least five or six years since I've dabbled in that in that realm what so I, I what is the, the
2: uh wonder what, what is what is the lowest point that you've been at you would say
1: so the lowest point was uh, i'm trying to think maybe getting arrested in las vegas for a, a fraud like a fraudulent charge on a hotel room under the influence of meth i think that might be a low
3: mm-hmm
2: okay so you got from there to now you have the house and the girlfriend and uh you sound like and you no drugs I mean you sound like you're still doing a lot of you know kind of crazy stuff but that at least you are living a somewhat normal life around it and you're not doing yeah, drugs yeah, no
1: drugs Ni- nic- 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 nicotine is the only drug you know the vape is the only thing i'm I'm kind of a physical substance I'm still addicted to
2: yeah uh tell me about your girlfriend how'd you meet her I met
1: her in Las Vegas, uh, and I kid you not, around the time of that, that low that I just referred to, she had come to visit me in Las Vegas. I, I had a friend of mine fly her and his girlfriend, who's who's her best friend, out to Las Vegas to meet me, and I had been in Las Vegas for eight months when they came to meet me, and do you remember in the, in the, the Matrix movie, I can't remember which one it was, but neo and all of them are in the nebuchadnezzar they're in the ship in like the scorched futuristic world with all the robots control and they're on that ship of just like the ruined earth and the ship kind of comes out up out of the clouds and like it's freeze-framed really slow on like neo and trinity and they're they're above the scorched clouds and they see like heaven and, and everything like is like beautiful above the scorched clouds and it's just like a five, ten seconds, and then, they, then the ship crashes back down. Do you remember that scene in The Matrix? Ship goes back into the clouds, down into the scorched earth. That was kind of like my girlfriend's one-week visit to come see me in Las Vegas. That that her Meeting her on that one-week trip was like this breath of reality and fresh air. And then when she left after visiting that week, I went back down into the figurative chaos and the scorched, ruined earth of Las and Vegas. And so... And
2: so, with that in mind, like you know, to this day, you not—I don't. Doesn't sound like you're in Vegas anymore, and you don't do casino gambling, but you do all this crypto stuff. Uh, to this day, does she still kind of represent that for you, like a, a bit of calm in the storm?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm forever grateful to for her to like seeing something in me back then. You know, five years ago. And
2: yeah. what's your relationship like with her now?
1: It's uh, good, bad, and ugly, but probably more good than, than bad and ugly. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what does she do?
1: She works uh, for Trader Joe's.
2: Okay, cool, cool. Um, and ha- what, what is her sort of uh, thoughts and feelings about uh, what's going on with you?
1: I think she, you know she try. You know, sometimes there's periods of, of that are better than others, but I th- yeah. I mean, it's hard for her to argue with the results when things are going really well, mm. and, and financially we're we're in a sound place. I think that um, but I think she wants me to spend more time with her. Yeah, and care for you know care for her in ways that that I sometimes am lacking.
2: Well, you know, it's it's an interesting point you make just now. Um and you sound like you're very I mean you've been dealing with this for like you know 20 years so you sound like you're very self aware about the, the sort of mental ins and outs surrounding this whole thing because you've been everywhere mentally with it um, but when you say it's hard for her to argue when things are going well uh, and again you've probably heard this before but what exactly is the barometer of things going well is it always like if we're winning a bunch of money, does that inherently mean that things are going well?
1: No, no. I think things are going better when I take a break and we go play golf or go out to eat or go on a trip. And I, take time. I think I'm happier when I take time away from it, but it's always in the back of my head and it's always one phone pole away to like be right back in it. I guess that that's the quandary or conundrum that I'm in these days is, Not that I'm in these like hyper aggressive, risky situations that I used to be in regarding my aforementioned time spent in Vegas and other places and on drugs, but nowadays I could kind of pull out the destructive, you know, time consuming behavior, and it's all on my smartphone. One pull of the phone away, if that makes sense, and Mm, trying to balance.
2: Interesting. So, 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 that's a very interesting point you make because. With the casinos, it's like if you're away from Vegas, if you're in, let's say, it says you're in New York. So if you're in New York and you're away from Vegas, you're away from the casinos. Um, I mean, I guess there's online gambling and all that different shit, but uh, it sounds like this shit has yeah, evolved. I,
1: I, don't, I don't do that. I don't do the online gambling. But go ahead, sorry.
2: But but it's but it sounds like this shit like, has I, evolved I, I think... to to even if you it used to be you know with the with the casinos if you weren't around it it was a little bit better but now it's evolved to this shit is in your pocket all the time if you want it to be
1: for sure for sure and whichever way the market's moving i can bet in that direction and 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 it's yeah it's very intoxicating and can be very time consuming and i mean i've done well these past couple years and even even since like the bear market kind of came upon us the last five to six months i've been doing well but you know you, you can't always bat 100% of the time, you know, win 100% of the time, and, and there's there's things to focus on, and I see some of the chat saying, I know you don't want me to read the chat, but they've been saying, imagine imagine uh, the life this dude could have if he cashed out the money and didn't waste his time, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I mean... That, that, I know, the, that's
2: that's, for, that's what everyone has in the back of their mind. That's why I have in the back of my mind is, like, you have, if you have, because here's the thing, I don't know a lot about how investment works, but I know that if you have $3 million... And you give it to the right fucking dude or whatever the fuck and put it in the right whatever. You could probably, uh, I don't know how old you are, I'm completely talking out of my ass with no numbers at all. But you could probably do something safe with it and like you still wouldn't have to work anymore. Because you could probably put it yeah, in yeah. a place I that c- makes c- it c- you c- know, c- regenerate. So you could cash yeah, out and be cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could do less risky things. And with the majority of that I am, I'm just what's called staking the majority of that and earning a, a, a an interest that pays out daily in, in a in a less risk averse meet on a not non risky manner, but I still have about one million of it on the table, so to speak.
2: Okay. I but so that to me if you have three million dollars and two million of it, you're keeping it in a safe place and one million of it, you're yeah. like let's fucking party, baby. Yeah,
3: yeah. That, maybe that, maybe that's... I have evolved a little bit.
2: I, I would yeah that's why I think your therapist is telling you that you've evolved because to me that seems like an evolved position to be in cuz I you know I've heard from people not like people personally but people like following the internet and shit who like have been gambling addicts and whatnot I think at their lowest they're not doing that they're like yo fuck it put it all on black roll the roulette who gives a shit type of I mean that's that's the really concerning yeah place to be in. You sound like you, no, I mean, you sound like crazy. maybe at one point you were there, but you've evolved.
1: There was a live stream yesterday where Drake, you know, the rapper Drake was lost $20 million in 45 minutes in front of his, you know, 50,000 people on Twitch or whatever. It's like, sets the worst example up for, for people watching to see people yeah. just punt away money like that.
2: But he has a hundred million dollars, doesn't he? And so if he loses 20, if you have a hundred million dollars and you lose 20 million dollars, you kind of like ah.
1: I don't know how much he has, but you can't afford to to gamble away money like that. Even like, even if you're Elon Musk, you don't want to be punting away twenty million dollars every five minutes. Like, like he literally, in a, in an hour, punted like twenty or thirty million. Actually, I think it was.
2: See, you've evolved. You're Drake's point of reason. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, this is interesting to me um i it's weird that your are i i love i love that i do this all the time with people where they come to me with like issues that are totally worthy of real therapy and they have been to real therapy and they kind of break down what their experience was talking about this issue in real therapy and it's funny to me that your therapist is telling is talking to you about the markets i mean they don't tell you anything i mean this is classic like addiction behavior that there's a billion people trained to deal with this and i wonder what the training is
1: now he challenges me. He's a, he's a good therapist. He challenges me uh, as much as he can. But by the end of a, a one-hour session, we uh, we have one, one a week now. He we used to, re, uh, until recently I had two a week. Uh, uh, by the end of the session, I have him talking about the markets. I guess that's just me more than him. But but what we 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 definitely try to address r- my real issues and
2: real yeah. things going on. Well, I'm gonna. I mean, to just I'm I'm also gonna kind of repeat what your therapist said, and I know that you. Uh sounds like when you first said that your therapist said this to you, you took it, not, you, you didn't maybe believe him or whatever it was, but from the way you're talking about these things, it does sound like you have evolved. It obviously doesn't sound like you are, like, completely cured of your issue. I don't know, because I'm not an addiction person. I don't know anything about that shit. Like, what, you know, I'm not going to comment on whether or not you are, quote, curable or, or whatever the fuck, but you have evolved, objectively, if we're right. looking at a chart You know, you have evolved. You are on an upward trajectory. So I understand why he's saying that. And I don't think that you should, you know, uh, uh, disregard him saying that because it's true. You have evolved. Um, And, uh, man, I hope that. uh, Can I ask, you know, before we go, moving forward, what is it that you want out of life? I'm curious.
1: I don't know. I think about that question often. I contemplate it often. I would say, objectively, the, the simple answer is just to be happy and content yeah. and, and to strive for those things, even when day in, day out. So, you know, no matter where one is, there's always a good reason to, to, to cry about things or not be content, but I think just regardless of my situation, just work on being content and living life with some balance. I think that's it. I don't have too much of, like, a, a tall wish list other than that.
2: I think that's a, a perfectly good wish list. All
1: right, thank you. I appreciate it, Lyle. Thank you, Gecko. Sure
2: Max, guess. anything you want to say to the people at the computer before we go?
1: No, just good things. Good things to everyone here. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course. Thanks for calling, Max.
1: All right, take care.
4: Hello? Hello, hey, is this Geck?
2: Yeah, is this is Quentin.
4: Uh, yeah, it is. What's going on, man?
2: Quentin, Quentin, Quentin. Uh, nothing much. Just being a gecko on the computer. What's going on with you?
4: Um, nothing much. Just being a man in the in the woods in a tent.
2: Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Can uh, you tell me what's going on?
4: Uh, well, uh, you know, so it started. Uh, I was living with my parents. You know, I'm 22 years old. I uh, They let me live with them because I originally got kicked out from my dad when I, in 2018 as soon as I graduated uh, high school. And they let me move in with them. And then I stole a uh, a dab cart from uh, from them. And they called me an act. And then uh, they kicked me out. Now I'm in the woods. In a tent. And things are, uh, you know, yeah.
2: Hmm. So you were living with your parents and uh, you Correct. stole a dab cart from them. They kicked you out. Now Correct. you're living in a tent in the woods. Correct. How long have you been living in the tent in the woods for?
4: Mm, about two weeks now.
2: Two weeks. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a bunch of questions for you. How long How have those two weeks been?
4: Um... Interesting. Um, I mean, I, I've gotten a job to somewhat fill the meantime. You know, the free time I have. Um, it's it's been hard. You know, uh, mentally and like physically. I mean, it's been hot. It's been raining. Like it just finished raining. Um, I, I've learned a lot about myself. You know, the it's, it's isolation. Uh, it's it's new to me. I'm uh, you know I've always, I'm used to having people around me. I still have you know, don't know how many friends right now. How many I can talk to. You know, it's yeah. Man, there's enough. a few things
2: about this. Uh, well, you're in New Jersey. I mean, I guess it's 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 June, so you're fine for now. Because I was gonna say in uh,
4: yeah
2: New Jersey, you know, it's not like you live in the West Coast where it's sunny all the time. New Jersey, you've got the summer, and then after that, you cannot be living in a tent in the woods.
4: Right. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's why I got this job. Um, hopefully, that uh, it'll help me get back on my feet. You know.
2: So it says that you've. Been learning a lot about yourself through the isolation. Is that true?
4: Yeah, yeah. What have you learned? Uh, I mean, I I learned how much uh, I really do uh, like talking to people and uh, the the company of other people. Um, I've learned that I get uh, a lot of my personality from like being around other people, and you know, I'm not the same person. You know, it, it, you become who you are, who you surround yourself with. Uh, if that made any sense, sorry. Yeah.
2: No, that makes a ton of sense. It, it's interesting to hear you say that because uh, I've, I feel like I've talked to people who s- say things like, "Oh, I went into isolation and I learned something." And a lot of times, it's a lot about like, you know, learning about themselves when they're alone. But and and this kind of is that, but you are only with the only what i'm saying is with the absence of other people you then are learning about the importance to you of being around other people which you which you only can learn when they're gone because when they're there you don't notice what it's like when they're gone so you don't notice how valuable die. it is right yeah and i think it's awesome that you know because this is not a great situation for you to be in and i think it's awesome that you're uh using it as a way of learning more about yourself and, and gathering some form of value from what is not a great situation
4: right yeah that's uh, it, it's you I mean I've had people offer me you know like hey you want to come do some mess and you know all that but like you know it's not really what I want to not the path I want to take you know i want to I want to get back you know I want to get myself a place I, you know I want to be a contributing member of
2: society. What does being a contributing member of society look like to you?
4: Uh, Just someone who can, you know, who has their own thing, you know, whether it's an apartment, uh, a car, like right now, I can't even get like a car right now or any of that because I have my license suspended and I have to pay however much to get that back. And there's the whole, yeah, but...
2: How long do you I mean, plan to be out here for? Do you have a, a sort of game plan moving forward of how you're going to get out of the woods?
4: Um, so far I've uh, I, my main thing I've been looking into is buying like a uh you know like a trailer like a camper and yeah. uh li- like staying at a uh full like an all season campground
1: or something like yeah. that with
4: like mm-hmm. electric and plumbing and all that. Um, I feel like that's probably a good option. Uh, I was looking into motels and hotels, but they're real dirty and they, you know, they cost a lot. Those are more of a, a luxury, you know, which I, I never really realized. But I'm also learning I have to sacrifice the things that I want versus the things I need. Yeah.
2: What types of things that you want are you having to sacrifice?
4: Uh, like nicotine, you know, like smoking cigarettes, uh, weed, uh, alcohol. I mean, you know, just the leisure things, you know, getting, like, snacks every time I go to the store, you know, something like that.
2: Do, okay, so you said that you find it very important to be around other people. And that's something that you're learning in this isolation being out here in the woods. What is your social life like right now? Are you hanging out with other people? Are you finding opportunities to be around people? Or are you focusing
4: on yourself right Um, now? So, so far, I, I think I'm mainly focusing on myself. I haven't really had the urge currently to go out and, you know, because I, I just want to get make sure I can get myself back on my feet before I start worrying about, you know, other people or, you know, It's I understand that I should do things that are fun and, you know, go out and do things that keep me happy. But it's also something like it's like another sacrifice that I have to make. Yeah. You know, to be able to do those things.
2: Forgive me if I asked you this already or if I interrupted with a different question, but do you have, do you have a sort of game plan in your mind as to uh, what you're going to do moving forward?
4: Uh, yeah, like I was saying, I uh, I mean, the, the trailer, besides that, uh, getting a trailer, I want to get a uh, possible apartment. Also, I was thinking military mm-hmm. um, as, as an option, like the army or something, because, you know, they give you food, all that, and you get a pension. You stay in for however many years. You get a bonus and... All different things. Uh, you know, it's a it's a good way to look. But
2: did you say already what so your job is I'm now? So...
4: Uh, I work on a farm.
2: Work on a farm. Okay. Do you? How do you? How do you like that? Yeah, like
4: a vegetable farm. Uh, I like it uh, because I'm not always doing the same thing over and over. It's not real repetitive. Uh, I have ADHD, so like staying in one spot doing the same thing over and over just kills me. Um, so it's it's nice.
2: If you could do anything at all, what would you do?
4: Anything as it could you the library on that?
2: Uh, I guess I meant you know primarily for a living or or, or I guess not even for a living. Okay, like if you could okay. design if, if you could design your life in any way, shape, or form, how would you design it?
4: Man, that's a that's a that's a deep question. I mean, just. Yeah. Uh, owning my own business and and yeah. you know, just having a, having a family, you know, just having a house I own and you know being able to you know support my myself and my family and my kids, you know, it's really what I want in life.
2: You know, I I ask you that. Sorry, go ahead.
4: No, I wasn't sure if that's exactly what you were asking, but I mean. Uh...
2: No, 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 no. I, I guess I asked you that because, um, you know, man, look, we haven't been talking for that long. It's only been eight minutes, but I can kind of tell that you wow. have like a, I could tell you got like a good head on your shoulders about all this shit. I mean, you're in a very tough situation. And again, we've only been talking for that, uh, you know, for so long. But you, you seem very level headed about it all. And, you know, you mentioned you were yeah. like people these people are trying to like. You know, get me to do meth with them and and whatnot, but I don't want to do that path. And you seem like you're very focused on how to move forward, and you have, like, tangible plans, and you're really thinking about things. And you're, you're, I don't know, you seem like you have a good head about all this stuff, and I'm very impressed with it. And the reason I asked you (laughs) about um, why... Uh, if you could design your life in any way it, it could be is because you know you have a good mindset about things and you're very young and I do believe and you know and your answer to the question of if you could design your life in any way it wasn't fucking crazy you know it was like I want to have a family and I want to you know be successful and financially well off and right. you know you're a young guy and you got uh, a good head on your shoulders so I genuinely do believe that you know how I don't know how long it's going to take but I think you'll get there if you keep acting conscientiously uh that's a good word that i would that i would i would use for the situation because you seem like you're a conscientious person you're thinking about the next day you're thinking about you know all the options available to you you're thinking about the pitfalls that you're trying to avoid uh you know going into so I, i i wouldn't even put this in like some weird like Oh, you're gonna bootstrap it to success, kind of thing. But you're just like, you know, very in a slowly, methodically, daily, conscientious way acting about your life. And I think that you'll get to wherever you want to if you keep doing that every day.
4: No, I, I appreciate it. This calls, honestly, I feel like it's helped me a lot. You know, to able to get stuff off my shoulders. You know, and get it off my chest and have someone to talk to. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, uh, sharing all this stuff with us, man. Is there is there anything else that you want to say to the people of the computer before we go?
4: Um, everybody use your Twitch Primes. Uh, check out the Therapy Gecko podcast. Uh, that's it. God.
2: Quentin, thank you, dog, and uh, very much good luck to you.
4: Thank you, man. Have a good one.
2: Take care. I meant what I said to that guy. Very conscientious sort of thinker, and we, you know, I, 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 try not to make judgments of people in any way, shape, or form. After only being on the phone with them for uh, not too long, but I felt, I felt that from him, and he seemed like he just. I didn't. I know he was in. I know he's in a shitty situation, but you didn't get the sense that you, you're so worried about him because he's, he's, you know. I feel like he's 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 on a good path forward. I could just tell from the way he was like talking about shit. Um and I wish him good luck. I hate that he has to go live in the tent in the woods, but um it was just little things like he had answers to my questions about what he wants to do moving forward and how he was thinking about his life outside of this and You know he's he's trying to gain wisdom from his situation, which is says a lot about who he is. And uh, yeah, I liked that guy, and I think he's going to be okay. And I I hope he's going to be okay. Uh, Thank you for calling, Quentin.
0: Across America, BP supports more than two hundred seventy five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America. Hello. Hi.
2: How are you?
5: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm good as well. Um, What's your life like?
5: pretty boring now.
2: Pretty boring now. Why is it boring?
5: Um, I had a pretty crazy life like a couple of years ago and then as, you know, like when crazy things happen you kind of get depressed and then I got on medication and now it's now it's just boring.
2: Well, listen, listen. Let's let's take a step back here. When you say you had a crazy life 2 years ago, what are we what are we talking here?
5: Um I moved to California and did porn.
2: Interesting. How old are you when this happened?
5: 19. I'm 26 now, so it was, a, it was like five years
2: ago. Okay. Um, so you moved to California to do porn when you were 19. And what inspired that decision?
5: Um, so I had a cat. And the cat got killed by my roommate's dog in front of me. And then I kind of had a breakdown and I got a call and they were like, Hey, do you wanna do porn? And I was like, Uh, I guess so and then they flew me to California.
2: Okay, so I have a, a few questions here. What you said I have I have a few questions about everything you just said. Okay, first of all you said that you got a call and they were like, Do you wanna do porn? What do you mean you got like a rand, you got a call from a random phone number and the person on the other line was just like do you want to do porn how does that work
5: um so yeah this roommate kind of impacted my life in a lot of ways she was on a dating in the site and um she was talking to this guy and he asked her if she wanted to do nude modeling but she was like no I have a roommate who might though and she gave him my number and then I was at work and I got this call on my break and they were like hey we heard you might be interested in this and it turns out it was porn not just nude modeling.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So your roommate gave this person uh, your phone number without your knowledge? Yeah. Were you upset about that?
5: Um, no. I, I guess because she knew I was like spiraling out of control. Like I, I had tried to do stripping like a week before but I didn't mm-hmm. like it so I like ran out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It was weird.
2: So, how, because I feel like you wouldn't have mentioned it if it wasn't, how is you seeing your cat being killed related to you taking the call to do porn?
5: Because I kind of just gave up. I, it was like, I don't know. I think it, it definitely, like, triggered a manic episode or something. Um,. Mm-hmm. And I was just I was just going crazy after that.
2: Had you had any interest in doing porn beforehand or was it just a totally brand new thing that presented itself to you and you just said fuck it and went to go do it?
5: Yeah, no, it was it was random. It was very random. I was working at a grocery store and mm-hmm.
2: then um yeah. Mhm. And so you were working at where where did you move from?
5: Uh Colorado.
2: And you just on a whim, did you move to California immediately or did you just sort of take a flight out there uh, as like kind of a test run first?
5: Um, it was like, yeah, it was just like a test run. I was through an agency who the the guy was like a talent scout for a porn agency Mm -hmm. and um, they paid for my flight out there. They paid for my like testing, like STD testing. And then, um, yeah. They they flew me out there and I lived in what was called a model house, which was basically just the agent's house and he had all these girls living there with him, and mm-hmm. it was like a month that I was out there.
2: Okay, so you were out there for just a month. Mm-hmm. At and first. what was and
5: then I and then I went back.
2: What was that first month like?
5: Um. It it was like. A daze. Like, I don't even know what was happening. I, I don't know. I I grew up really, really religious and, like, kind of, like, sheltered. And then all of a sudden I was in this whole new world with, like, these crazy people. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It was weird.
2: With these crazy people, did did you meet anybody, maybe the other girls or anything like that, who you... Felt like you did form any genuine relationships with?
3: Um.
5: There was a couple that I, that I formed like pretty good relationships with, but there was not really anything outside of like our work that we like talked about or anything. I don't know. It, you kind of, you kind of like a lot of people kind of like to keep like their private lives private in that industry. Um, so we didn't really even know each other's real
2: names. Interesting. So you went by a stage name. Mhm. And how long were you out there shooting porn for?
5: Um, I did it for like a year and a half. Um, I left. So this was in 2015 that I went out there and then I left like the industry in like 2017. And then I was doing like nude modeling and then I was doing professional cuddling and then I just went back home. So I, I was in California for a while just like selling myself, I guess.
2: Professional cuddling. Is that the thing where like people can just hire you to cuddle them?
5: Yeah. Yeah, well, that was, was that a whole like? different weird thing. Yeah. Uh, eh. Did you say what was that like?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Um, it was all right. it I don't know. I think there's good customers and
2: uncomfortable com- customers, you know. What would an interaction with an uncomfortable customer be like if you don't mind me asking?
3: Um,
5: they just like like they and like you should have just hired a prostitute, you know, like they just sure. try to get away with stuff.
2: Sure, um, sure.
5: Like, why are you even on this website? Go to a different website. hmm
2: So you did cuddling, you did nude uh, modeling, and you did actual porn, and this was for, you said, uh, the whole all, all in all, about a year and a half?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What was your kind of, like, day-to-day life? Like, give me an average day in this year and a half of yours.
5: Um... It depended like what the what my job was. I guess like during porn, like I would only do like a couple shoots a week during like the porn, but that was like every week for a, a year. Um uh you'd like wake up and then I didn't have a car, so I I had the agency I had a driver. And they would drive me to some random house. And then they would, like, do my makeup. And then you would meet the person that you're shooting with and you'd be like, hey, what's up? And then you show each other your tests. Um, and then they do the shoot. And then you say, okay, bye, everybody. And then you go home and relax. I don't know, it's like a regular work day.
2: Sure. So this year and a half, I mean, this was about five years ago that you were doing all this stuff. And now that you've had a lot of time to sort of think about it in a retrospective, what what are your feelings about this year and a half?
5: Um. I kind of wish I didn't do it. Why is that? It, because it was such a short amount of time that it didn't really like I didn't like save enough money to like invest or anything or I don't know it didn't really positively impact my life but it definitely negatively did like Mm -hmm. with um like having bad feelings towards sex now and not that anything happened to me in porn but because i was in that headspace in california Mm -hmm. it's like nothing really matters i definitely put myself in bad situations Mm -hmm. um and also like my family they i live with my family now and like everything's fine but there's part of me that's like oh like you know and i know that i was there and like i don't know
2: so did this have some sort of adverse effect on your relationship with your family?
3: Um,
5: I already kind of had a bad relationship with them. They kicked me out when I was 18 for smoking weed. Um, and I think I kind of like broke them. Like that's what my mom says, that I like broke my dad and then now Hmm. they're all nice to me so i guess it kind of helped like they were like well (laughs) so so
2: wait so when you say when you say you broke them you're you're meaning that almost in like a in a in a positive way like like you know we can't stay mad at you for these things and you know right uh, we, we forgive you come on over here type of way
5: yeah they, they call me, like, the prodigal child because they're super religious. So they're like, oh, you came back from your wayward ways and now, now we can all love each other and, like,
2: ugh. That's interesting, though, that um, you had a strained relationship with them uh, and they kicked you out. And obviously I'm sure that their religious background and, you know, the stuff you were doing out there didn't mix super well uh, and probably mm-hmm. caused some conflict. But it's interesting to me now that you guys that you now live with them. And it sounds like you... Do you, do you have, you know, to this day, a, a good relationship with them?
5: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, a, it's all right. It's... Like, I can't be, like, bullying myself. But, like, I'm glad that I do have a relationship with them.
2: Can I ask, how did... Because you alluded to this a little bit, but how did uh, your brief porn career affect your uh, sort of relationship and feelings about sex in general?
5: Um, it made it very transactional, I think. Hmm. And like, pretty impersonal. Um, I don't know. It, and then, like, there's, when people find out about that, then they just want to, like, Take advantage of you. They're like, "Oh, she's really easy." Then and then, like, that's all they really think about.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So. Is that? Are, do those those feelings uh, of you know? Do, do those feelings that you just expressed? Do that? Do you feel that way uh, today? With it being five years ago.
5: Um. Not as much. I, I'm, I'm working on it. I don't know. It, so, it, it definitely is pretty difficult.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the year and a half, what was it that kind of broke the camel's back and made you decide to go back home?
5: Um, I was severely depressed and anxious. Like, I. Don't, I some stuff happened not in porn but like when I w- I know you're not a therapist I'm sorry it just uh, I had a traumatic experience
3: mm-hmm.
5: with sex and um, I was just I, I couldn't even get out of bed so I was like maybe
3: mm-hmm.
5: maybe I need to go home. I can't take care of myself anymore so
3: mm-hmm.
5: yeah H-
2: have you have you talked to a real therapist about all this stuff?
5: Yeah. Yeah, I'm on what, medication too.
2: What what kinds of things do they tell you uh, in response to all this to try to help you work through it?
5: Um, It's just a lot of listening. I don't know. Maybe uh, they don't... I think they just want me to talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. get it out. Mm-hmm. There's... It's just like time heals things, I guess. I don't know. And mm-hmm. they they wanted me to have a good relationship with my parents. I was seeing therapists in California too, um, mm-hmm. and that was a big part of it. Of like my pain was just like whenever I talk about my mom or my dad, I just start crying and stuff. So I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm working on it. It's getting better. I didn't I didn't really mean to talk about all this. Sorry.
2: No, I no no. You don't have to be sorry. I mean, I I, I apologized if I uh, went down a line of questions. I mean, like, how do you feel like right now talking about it?
5: Um, it's okay. It's it's all right.
2: Hmm. Um. Because yeah, I mean, I, I know you said that you're a real therapist. They kind of just get you to try to talk about it. Um, and that's kind of you know what I've been doing on this phone call is just uh. You know, asking you questions mm-hmm. about it, but I don't know. I don't know if that is uh, if that is helpful to you. It's. I mean, I'm not a real therapist. I'm an idiot in a gecko costume, so I don't know if that's uh, helpful to you or if it feels bad to to talk about all that stuff.
5: No, it's okay. It's okay. I um, yeah, I just don't talk about it a lot. So I think like it's just with my therapist. So it's
3: mm-hmm.
5: it's kind of interesting talking to another person.
2: Um what's your name again? Or you can give me a totally fake name that is uh... Um My
5: name is Alexis.
2: Alexis. Um mm-hmm. well Alexis, thank you for uh for sharing all of this with us. Uh is there anything else that you want to say to the people of the computer or to a gecko before we go? Um I
5: hope you have a nice time in Guatemala.
2: Oh, that thank you very fun. much, man. I appreciate that. Um, Good luck to you, Alexis. Really some... cool... No, go ahead.
5: Um, they have a, a really pretty green bird
2: there,
5: called a a, a quetzal or a quetzal. A quetzal. I, I don't one. know
2: why I I made some fucking uh, graphic for some job that I worked that involved a quetzal. And I haven't thought about quetzals since I... just now.
5: I hope you see one.
2: I hope I see one too. Thank you for wishing that upon me. I'm glad to hear that your relationship is getting better with your parents, and I'm glad to hear that it sounds like even though things uh, in the past have been uh, kind of rocky, it, it it at least sounds to me from you know the you know 15 minutes we've been on the phone that things are uh, you know on an upward trajectory. So I'm I'm happy for you about that.
5: Yeah, I think it's gonna be fine. I'm okay. I'm I'm working on things. It's been a while, so. Thank
2: you. Of course. Thank you for calling Alexis. Mm-hmm. Mm, bye. That was Alexis. That was, I. I you know, I, that was interesting because I, I, I mean, that's all I really do on here is talk to people, you know, talk to people about stuff. Um, and I've had a lot of people say that uh, just talking about things helps them. But I don't know, I'm not an actual therapist. I am, as I said, an idiot in a gecko costume. So I don't know if um, talking about things is helpful for people or if it like is traumatic for people. So I don't know. Um, But uh, uh, what did she say her name was Alexis? It sounded like things were on an upward trajectory for her. I, I did find it very interesting that her relationship with her parents got better after a while because i've talked to a lot of people on here who came from like weird religious backgrounds and some of them have like kind of repaired their relationship with their parents but a lot of them just kind of are are uh casted away so i'm glad to hear that uh at least in that department things are going a little bit better for alexis thanks for calling man
0: Hello?
6: Hello? Hey. Hello? Hey. What's your name? Briar.
2: Uh, What's going on with you Briar?
6: Not much, I'm on the side of the highway, driving from Boston to Nashville.
2: You're on the side of the highway, driving from Boston to Nashville what is it, what's going on in Nashville that they don't have in Boston
6: I live in Nashville uh, my friend just graduated from law school in Boston and so that graduation was yesterday so right now I'm heading back I'm spending the night in West Virginia with my friend hmm. it's a long drive
2: what is it you would like to talk about today Brian
6: So, I have these dreams, I guess you could say. And it's something that I've never really found anybody else that related. And I just thought I would share it because it's an interesting experience. All right. uh, Have you ever had a dream or dreams where you're in a place that seems familiar, but you know you don't know it in your real life, but it might be just like, oh, a dream house?
2: I'm familiar with that.
6: I don't know if you remember your dreams. Yeah. And uh and okay, and then like recurring dreams, right? So, I have uh this place that I often go to in my dreams. Uh and I kind of wake up and I'm a different person. And for the past 10 years, I've been going to this place that's not just a house. It's there's a cabin in the woods, there's a whole city. There's even like a government facility, you know, it's expansive and Probably over the last ten to twelve years, over time, I've realized that this is all the same place. But instead of it being a recurring dream, uh, the timeline is continuous. So it's like I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up in this other person's reality, and I'll, you know, come back to my life. And the next week, a week will have passed in that world. The place I think is called Cascada. So. I'll have a Cascada dream, and, you know, I've built relationships, I've, there, I mean, there's so many things that have gone on over the last 10 years.
2: Give me an example of a person whose body you've woken up in, and what was their life like?
6: It's the same person, every time. we uh, really? oh, Okay, so it's the same person and... over the
2: course of 15 years. Yeah. Well, tell me about this person.
6: And... Well, Harper is kind of a loner. So she lives in the city, but her family has this cabin that's, uh, so I know I know this is in the north, northeast of the United States. I just geographically know that it's on the water. But there's this town, like a port town kind of thing. And then my family has a, ca- a cabin in the woods. Um, so I spend a lot of time there, but I don't think other people know about it. And essentially, I'm just kind of wandering around, going on a walk through the woods away from town and I come across this facility, big, big series of buildings. So over the course of the next like two years, I figure out a way to sneak in there or Harper does. And so she is trying to figure out what's going on. She sees that there's this whole like I don't know experiments kind of thing going on people, tries to figure out what that is. and it kind of unveils this whole, I don't know conspiracy. So then, you know, she's a go-getter. She tries to make uh, friends up in the government system with the people. I don't know, prisoners? I don't even know what to call them. Um, and then I start to try to tell people in the city about what's happening.
2: Like, do you do you believe this is a real person?
6: If I'm being completely honest, it kind of feels like I'm waking up in another dimension. And I might have some, like, I don't know... uh Dream theory, alternate dimension, link somehow, but that was also like a crazy pants theory, and it's just the only way I've been able to wrap my mind around how insane it is to have a consistent like dreamscape—I don't even know—experience of yeah. consciousness of this other person for yeah. years.
2: So tell me, I don't know. have who 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 all have you told about this?
6: Not many people. Uh, close friends know about it. I told you know sometimes I'll get like drunk at a party and I'll start talking about it but it's it's really hard to not come across like I don't know I just I don't, I don't want to feel judged about it cuz I know it's really weird and so I don't talk about it that much. Hmm. That's why I thought it might be safe to call and talk about it. I don't know.
2: Hmm. This is interesting. This is interesting. When I first I saw I saw the yeah. the notes that the call screener wrote down it said that you you know, wake up on another person's body, but I didn't realize that it was the same person for 15 years. Do they look like Mm -hmm.
6: you? Uh, They have, no, no. I can tell they're, like, taller. I think I'm, like, 5'7", 5'8", and I'm really, like, um, flat. It almost took me a long time. I'm still honestly not 100% if I'm a guy or a girl, Um, but Mm -hmm. I know I have kind of a boyish body type, and I know I have short brown hair, like, well, uh, well, are,
2: are you are you talking about yourself or are you talking about Harper?
6: No, Harper. Harper, I'm five two blonde, and like not. Yeah.
2: Okay, so you so you're, so you're not sure if Harper, Harper is is I'll is a, a guy aware. or a girl.
6: I'm not sure if it's a guy or girl. I feel like I would be really aware if I had a penis, but so mm. I, that's what makes me think girl. And there's also some like romantic feelings towards some guys vaguely, but I don't, that also doesn't necessarily mean anything. I don't know. Um, so
2: you're, so you as so Harper, so take it slow with me. So you as Harper will mm-hmm. like have like crushes and romantic feelings on other people in the dream.
6: Oh uh, yeah. So there's two, there's like two of my guy, like I said, like, one's a friend, and another is, like, a co-conspirator, I guess you could say. Uh, the curious thing that I've also just noticed and it, uh, over the past years and years is that romance isn't really a thing, in this city at least. So I'm always caught really off guard by these feelings.
2: And you have a totally different family in this, correct?
6: Uh, yeah, so I'm actually pretty sure I'm in a like uh, orphanish situation. I don't, I don't have huh. parents. I have relatives, but I don't ever interact with them. And I think the reason I'm even at this cabin sometimes, because I always thought like, where? Why is she not at school? Still don't have the answer to that. But okay, how old is she? Tell, tell us
2: that real of, quick. Is she is she a child? She's,
6: no she was 15 14 or 15 when i first started having the dreams so she's like eh, 25 20 like 24 25 now ish mid-20s mm-hmm. yeah Well, so she was a teenager when she started this but now you know adult she's built a network of like rub kind of like insurrection people to try and see what's going on but like uh six months ago maybe no maybe three months ago a volcano happened and it really affected everything
2: a volcano happened so, And it affected yeah. everything
6: so yeah yeah i so i, I uh, had a couple dreams and usually i had a couple dreams about this volcano and they were kind of vague and it wasn't until i had three in a row harper dreams i realized i've always known that like a couple miles out, maybe I don't I don't know ocean stuff. There's an island, and uh, I've always been curious about the island. People never go there. And uh, the volcano, the island was a volcano, and the volcano exploded. So basically, what I'm figuring at where we're at present day right now is what's happening in-, in Cascada is Harper is now had this communication system underground with all these people some in the camp some in the city some in the forest in their secret meeting place she's essentially trying to regroup figure out who's alive if anyone's alive and see how this affected every all the plan i mean everything just changed but i'm trying to essentially find m- my crew but it's scary because okay. like thousands of people just died <laughs> so so it's, it's so, just, so cascada
2: casc so cascada is that the name of the place where Harper is?
6: Yeah, it's the name at least of the city. I don't, and I th- I think it's like the region, but I, okay. I just looked and I see. Is it is it a is it a real is it I a
2: is, is it a real location?
6: Uh, and on planet Earth, yeah, I think it's somewhere in the northeast, like I want to say maybe New York area. Okay. Ah, uh, but not in New York City, but somewhere else around the coast, which is weird because I've never lived there, been there and very so but I know volcano, there' very there's so a volcano
2: and so a volcano erupted and completely destroyed where she lives.
6: So the volcano is far enough away that it, it yeah, it's not like Pompeii, right? But it's enough that it's just it's decimated. Essentially, you know, uh, you would have had to evacuate in a timely manner to not die.
2: And so now every time that you go to sleep, you continue the storyline uh, that was going in the previous stream. And you've been continuing this sort of yeah. storyline for 15 years. Yeah. Have you ever talked to a like a psych about this?
6: Uh, I like mentioned it to my therapist, but it's not really anything that's like causing. I don't know. It's you know nothing really to work through, which is kind of interesting.
2: So well, yeah, I, I'm that not I
6: I, I, that...
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a I, like a I, like yeah. a negative thing, right? but it it's well it not, doesn't seem like a like it doesn't no. seem like a negative thing. But it, I feel like it'd be interesting to like, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about why I'm sure you're right? fucking curious about why. So it could be kind of interesting, not even like, it. Oh, I need help with this, but just like, Hey, do we know what the fuck any of this means?
6: Right. I don't wonder if I like a psychologist, if you would know about that. Like, I don't know if I have to go to, if there's somebody specific. I looked into astral projection, like, communities on Reddit and stuff. That's the closest thing I've found. But it's not that, either. <laughs> it's just something way weird and different.
0: Actually, if, I, w- I kind
6: of want to write a book about it, you know?
2: It could be, it could be kind of an interesting book, actually. I, I think there is something to be done
3: like uh, creatively.
2: Kind of yeah, there is something to be done creatively with this. I think that would be a good uh, sort of bottle to capture it all in. Um so okay yeah. so, so you've kind of so you've kind of explained what's going on with you and you've explained to this girl and you've explained to this world but to kind of add on to you you saying to pick up that conversation of you saying that this is not a negative thing how do you feel about this how does it affect your life and your thoughts
6: I feel like it Kind of like a gift. It's almost like if you're in a video game and you just like randomly get an extra ability or something, you know, there's no necessary, there's no big benefit to it necessarily, but it enriches my life, I think. And I look forward to the nights when I have those dreams. And I think it's, I just think it's fascinating. Uh, I actually was able to get to do it meditatively one time. I got really into meditation. And that mm, was You did wild. it while you were awake. And after that, it was, yeah, but I was like, I don't know. I, I did the astral projection meditation. I was, I tried to do that stuff for a while. And I never did the actual, like, astral projection like that. But I did, I don't know, if I I, did. I could have been doing it and, like, sort of fallen asleep. All I know is I was meditating and then I was, like, not really aware what was going on. And that was in Cascada. When I woke up, I was like, I did it. But after that, it was hard to go back. I didn't have a Cascada dream for like two months. So, uh, tell us. So I just kind of let it happen
2: naturally. What is your favorite memory from Cascada?
3: Oh,
6: I was just thinking about that earlier today. Okay, I think my favorite memory is there is the beaches are really interesting. So there's this one beach in particular that I love to go to. And you go down these woods, these stone stairs, and there's sand, but there's also all these like, kind of like salt licks, I guess. So the sand is really, really white. And then you see like the rock faces almost look like, you know, that white, I don't know what that stuff is called. It's like sparkly white, granity looking stuff. Um, Or salt, I don't even know. but the salt stuff, like, floats, and so people will, like, go on, like, little saltbergs. And so I remember I was on this raft with this kid and his dad, and they were fishing. And then this huge, like, six-foot yellow, crazy-looking fish hops up on there, and I almost lose my footing and fall in. And the dad's like, you might want to step off. We're going to be catching a lot today. So I, like, hopped along, and I, I like, stepped in the water, I remember, and it's it's like okay, but it was like really squishy, and I was like, oh! And so then I hopped back up, and then I just sat and I watched the little boy and his dad fish, and then the sunset, and then yeah, that was just a really pleasant, more mundane memory I have from Cascada. It was really nice.
2: This is like a this is like a like a Miyazaki movie or something.
6: <laughs> it, yeah, you know, that's a nice way to think about it. I love that. <laughs> Hmm.
2: yeah i appreciate you sharing this is a super super interesting thing i'm glad that you have a good relationship with it too it seems like it's something yeah that, that enriches your life to uh kind of you know transport to like a like a fantasy world uh where you're a different person
6: exactly i feel like related to like I was like, I wonder if J.R.R. Tolkien felt this way when writing *Lord of the Rings*. He was so goofy, but you know, you know I really—greatly built worlds and novels,
2: right? I really wouldn't be surprised if some of these people who have built like such dense universes have had parts of it come to them in dreams.
3: I'm
6: so curious. Or like Jay or whatever Harry Potter lady, uh, yeah. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Some of these really fantastical worlds, at, only now that I'm having this experience, I'm kind of like seeing these worlds. I'm like, I wonder. I, there's no way to know. But, it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. interesting.
2: No, there's no way that yeah, Dolby so was a thought of the conscious of- mind.
6: Exactly. And I'll have these, like, fantastical things, like, I don't know, little iceberg, just the smallest details, or, like, the way technology works. It's similar, but it's definitely different, and it's curious just how things are different uh, in the most subtle, tiny details.
2: Breyer, um Breyer, I do hope that, uh, like I said, I think it's cool that you have such a such a uh, positive relationship with this thing. It's very fascinating. I'm glad that I felt like at the begin at the beginning, I didn't really under you know, it it, it definitely was hard it's to explain. But now, but now that yeah. uh, we're at the end of this thing, I feel like I I get it a bit more now, and it, it's I find it fascinating. I do hope that you find a uh, a a container for it creatively in some way you know i mean it says you're only 26 years you, old yeah. and uh it doesn't say if, you, if you've been mm-hmm. dreaming like this for 15 years you know it sounds like you have uh and it's not like it's going away anytime soon so very curious to see how no. uh this this whole thing develops as you get older you know there might be more uh I'm, I'm inspiration see, yeah. to come
6: that's what i'm thinking so I keep your eye out for Cascade of books and also just honestly thank you so much for taking the time to allow me to explain it all cuz i know it's a lot and that's why i don't really talk to many people about it but it feels so nice to share that cuz it's fun and i also know people call in for like advice and stuff so but i thought this was, i thought you would be interested so
2: oh no this was so this thanks. was perfect this was very interesting and no i'm glad i did too no you you look you're totally right off the bat Yes. Yeah. a little dense But now that we have the time to get into it, I'm Mm -hmm. glad that we did.
6: Yay. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest
4: of your night.
2: Beautiful. Thank you very much, Briar. Light. Huh. That was very interesting. I'm glad that, you know, a lot of the times when people have, like, I don't know, stuff like that, they, they, like, we had this guy on the podcast, uh who called in to talk about getting abducted by aliens, that it seemed <laughs> it seemed like mostly a, a negative traumatic thing for him. But uh, uh, I, it was very fascinating to kind of hear the, the other side of the coin with this caller who uh, looks at it as a gift. I think she said that even, that it's a gift, that she gets to go to sleep and occasionally transport herself into this fantasy world in which her unconscious mind is revealing all these magical uh, experiences for her. It sounds kind of beautiful. It, I really did. I got the the like a Miyazaki kind of vibe from it, especially when she was talking about, you know, being by the water and uh, this giant monstrous fish and whatnot, because we all engage in escapism. We all, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, Harry Potter and shit exists is because we want to humans enjoy entering into other universes, taking a break from their own. And I do I do understand why she sees it as a gift, because it's that this cascade place. It's all hers. It's a product of her own unconscious mind in a way that, you know, like you, you can't own Hogwarts. That belongs to everybody, but she has her own fantasy world that just uh, belongs to her. And, and, you know, I asked her if she's talked to a psych about it, and, and she did say that it's not a thing that's negatively affecting her life. And I didn't... We talked for about 20 minutes, and I, di- I didn't get the sense that it, it was a negative... I didn't get any even a tinge of a sense that it was a negative thing on her life. Um, but I do wonder... What that is, she says it's called. Like, if if you guys want to look up this thing, she says it's called. What is it again? Astral something. Ah, fuck it. I lost it. But I think it's. I think it's astral projection, some shit like that. Um. But that was that was super interesting to to hear about. I hope that um. I hope we do hear more about Cascade. In the future, in the form of a novel, an audio tape, a comic book, a concept, music, album, whatever it is. Thank you for sharing, Briar. What's, um, it's not Astral Projection? Oh, okay, I fucked up, I was wrong. That was that's actually the first time I have ever been wrong on this podcast. You're all witnessing history, folks. The very first time ever that I have been wrong. Possibly in my whole life. What an honor it is for you all to witness. Okay, someone said no. That, or somebody said it's not astral projection, and then right under them, someone said no, it is astral projection. So I have no idea. Someone says, "I'm fucking." I'm looking it up. I have a computer. Astro Glide. Oh, this says it's a company. This says it's lube. Are you guys fucking with me? I'm done with this. Astro, astral projection. Um. Oh. Oh. oh, Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Fuck whoever. Okay. A couple things. I was not wrong. I was not wrong. This is not the first time I've ever been wrong. It is called astro. Okay. Okay. Holy shit, this is real. Oh, uh, this is a real this is a real thing. This is a real thing. Astral projection. Astral projection is a term used to describe an intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a subtle body called an astral body? through which consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel throughout the astral plane. P- plane. Dude, what the fuck is... This is crazy. The astral body is a subtle body. What the fuck? Is anyone else looking at this right now? This is nuts. Is this real? Oh, apparently it's called... A- okay, hold on. I'm looking up asshole projection. Apparently that... Okay, I was wrong. Apparently it's called asshole pro- Okay, I'm going to Google asshole projection. I'm going to see what comes up. I'm actually going to do this. Rectal prolapse is a medical condition in which the rectum starts to push through the anus. My name is Lyle, and I'm a gecko. And this has been Therapy Gecko.